You're listening to Ship History Radio from the Steamship Historical Society of America. Through recording, preserving, and educating, our mission is to share the impact of engine-powered vessels, their crews, and their passengers with future generations. My name is Amy Bacharya, and I'm the Education Director. In this episode, you'll hear an interview from Bridget Bentley about her experience immigrating to the United States in the 1950s on board the SS United States. This interview was conducted for the program SHIPS, which stands for Ships, History, Influence, and Power Series, thanks to a generous contribution from Ted Skull. You can learn more about SHIPS, watch films, and see primary sources at shiphistory.org SHIPS. To learn more about our organization, visit sshsa.org. My name is Bridget Bentley, and uh, I was born August 26, 1944, in Heilbronn, Germany. Can you tell me a little bit about what was Germany like at that time? I don't remember. I mean, my sisters who were older said that during the first two years of my life, I was living basically in the basement of my aunt's house because there weren't the materials to rebuild and her house had been completely destroyed in Heilbronn. So that's something that I actually didn't learn until I was an adult. I I didn't know that. In fact, when I was born, the hospital itself was destroyed, half of it, Uh, but my mother was in the other half, so. Oh my goodness. I'm lucky to be here. Yes, you are. (laughs) And again, it's something that I didn't learn until I was an adult. Can you tell me a little bit about why your family decided to leave Germany? Yes. All the moves that we made were because of my father's career. He was an aeronautical engineer and the opportunities were different in different countries. So actually, we moved in 1947. He had an opportunity to go to England and work for a company there. Um, And it was just meant to be for six months, but... It extended. And so after he'd been there for a while, he brought his family over. So we moved there in 48. We were in England and then we moved back to Germany in 52 and then uh, came to the U.S. in 56. So you moved around quite a bit when you were little, huh? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, for a young person, it was adventurous. For older sister, it was a little more difficult. When we went to England, I was too young to go to school. My two siblings uh, went to school. My mother didn't know English, so they essentially brought the English home. (laughs) Oh, wow. So did you learn, start learning English then from your sisters in England? Yeah. When we moved back to Germany, I forgot my English because I was eight and then by the time we came to America, I think it was probably easier to come back, but I didn't, I didn't remember it. Can you talk a little bit about what the opportunity was like in the United States and how they decided to leave Germany again? My father actually wrote an autobiography at some point in the 90s for this aeronautical organization, SAE. And, uh, and it's through that really which I ended up actually typing my oh, edited, you know, so that I learned some of the things that, uh, you know, as, as somebody who goes to work and then comes home to be with his family, I didn't really know that much about his career. 
was a shy man to begin with, and then he just focused on family when he was home. So it was it was opportunities really. And in, in the fifties, I think there were a lot of engineers that were the brain drain. And so he had come over to the U.S. about a year before when the company was wanted him, and then. Um, I think it took about a year for him to decide. Plus, he had to get clearance, you know, for the kinds of things that they were doing and a visa and all of that. I think it was also not an easy decision for for him, particularly for my mother. I think she suffered a lot by having to leave her parents. And every time she was transplanted with these three girls, you know, and I think it was it was hard yeah. on her. And so I, I I don't know if it was just the visa process or whether it was their hesitation about it or I do know I do know that I was asked to keep it a secret once they told us um, and I don't know why that was which huh. wasn't easy for an 11 year old oh no <laughs> I know you were young at the time but do you remember what it was like getting to the ship where did you leave from that sort of thing yeah we oh I definitely remember that I mean it was a big it was a big thing. Uh, you know, we had to move all of our things. I remember a party where our house was completely empty and, you know, the adults were saying goodbye, basically. And then I do, I also remember a lot of family and friends being at the train station in Stuttgart, which is where we were living. And we took mm -hmm. the train from there to Paris. And in Paris, I remember going to the Louvre and going to the Eiffel Tower. We were there not that long, maybe a day or two. And then we took another train to Le Havre, which is where the, the boat left. Right. Yeah, I remember, I remember those um, very clearly. And as I said, for me, it was, it was very exciting. I have one sister who was a year older and then another one who was five years older. And she, she was very, very angry with my parents for leaving at you know, she was 17, so. Oh, that's hard. It's not easy. She had to leave her friends and she had a boyfriend and she was very, uh, very unhappy. For me and my sister, who's just a year older, it was a big adventure and we, we loved the idea of it, you know. I'm curious as to why they chose the ship that they did or the United States lines. I don't know why, but I do know that my father kept saying, you know, it's the fastest ship. It's the fastest yeah. ship. It's the one that will get us there the fastest. But that, that's yeah. the only thing. So I don't know if that was the reason that they picked that one. Um, it could have also been the company, you know, that made the arrangements. I, I don't know. It also seems fun that you got to ride on the SS United States coming to the United States. It seems exactly. kind of fitting. So. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Right. Do you remember meeting people on the ship? I don't remember other children that much. I remember doing things with my sister, like we would play shuffleboard. I, I remember an emergency drill, I guess. I remember there were movies that we would could go to, I remember actually there was a dinner table that we sat at with some other people. And there was a um, African-American waiter who was just had the most beautiful smile and was just the nicest person. And 
I remember him very fondly because we had dinner every night with that. My mother at one point played some, I don't know, maybe blackjack or bingo or something where she won $20 or something like that. <laughs> Little things like that, I remember. Um, I remember it being fun, you know, walking around on the deck. I do remember um, very distinctly the day we arrived on the morning that we arrived and it was very early, you know, six or, or even earlier, I don't know. And everybody was woken up and went to the, to the deck to see the Statue of Liberty, you know? And I mean, yeah. I still get chills because everybody was just in such awe of that site. And it was sort of misty and foggy. And I just remember every, everybody out there and, um, you know, sort of leaning out and, and looking at it. And, and often over the years, when I used to live in Baltimore for a while and in Washington, and I would think about relatives sometimes coming to visit and they would come by plane, you know, and then especially in New York in the 70s when, you know, the, the trip from the airport through the Bronx and all the boarded up windows and, and how different that experience was for them than it was for us, you know, to see this, this site. You talked a little bit about what it was like coming to New York, but do you remember what it was like getting off the ship? Did you have to yeah, do I, some, I, like in I, health inspections, things like I, that? I don't remember that. I, I, one of my most startling memories is of the yellow cabs because, you know, cars in Europe at the time, they were gray, they were maybe maroon, they were black, but nothing like a, a yellow, you know, and, and just to see so many of these yellow cabs was amazing. And I remember waiting quite a bit to, you know, to get off the ship and then, I assume we got into one of those yellow cats. I don't remember. When we came, we actually stayed in a hotel until my parents found a home. And that was several months. I even remember my, my sister and I leaning out the window and she would count the cabs and I would count the uh, cars and we would see who would have more, you know, uh, or the other way around. Cabs made a big impression on me. We did quite a bit of sort of sightseeing that summer and my, <laughs> it was so hot compared to what Germany would get during the summer. I mean, it was so hot and humid that sometimes my mother would drop us off at RCA theater and we would watch a film three times through, you know, they would just keep, keep playing it and it was cool in there, you know, <laughs> so it was, it was, it was an interesting way of getting here. It was also the summer that the uh, Andrea Doria and the Stockholm oh, crashed. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. so one of the things I remember is, um, so the Stockholm was brought to the New York Harbor, you know, and it was sort of cut off. And I, I remember seeing that, you know, and kind of, yeah, I just remember that. That was a pretty, <laughs> pretty sort of scary, scary thing to see, I would think, as a child, especially just coming off of an ocean liner and being like, ooh, that, 
I'm glad that didn't happen to us. No, <laughs> right. Coming here and you're just 11, having to start a new school and things like that, was that challenging or? It was, it was, it was. I mean, we moved to New Jersey and primarily because of the school systems, my parents really wanted a good public school for, for us. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I remember the first day of school, I went into the seventh grade and uh, in Germany at the time, I don't even know if that's true still, but if a teacher addresses you, you immediately stand up um, to acknowledge that you know that you're being spoken to, and 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 uh, I remember the first day when I when I came to school and she introduced me, and I, you know, when I heard my name, I stood up and uh, and everybody laughed. I do remember that. Oh, it was so humiliating. But um, I can understand why. You know, it must have been strange, but I didn't feel people were cruel, and and I just. I remember she assigned somebody to help me around because my English was not, you know, good enough to understand a lot. I think it came back relatively quickly, but uh, it it was a challenging first few months, I think. Um, It's something that, you know, when I, I was a math teacher and math department head too. And uh, at one point we were hiring a, a Turkish uh, immigrant who had an accent. You know, and among Americans, there's a fear that especially younger kids wouldn't be able to understand him. And, you know, and, and I just knew, you know, that accent would go primarily yeah. within months, you know, mm-hmm. and it's that kind of experience that I think I I had because of my own experience. I was curious. I know you mentioned earlier that your mother had a hard time sort of being transplanted to all these different locations based on um, your dad's job. What was it like for her? Do you remember in America? I mean, not just America, but, but more so there than when we went to England is is that she had to leave her her parents who were aging and and she knew that she would not be able to be see, see them again and in fact her sister her, her parent my mother's parents lived with her sister and um, her sister was remained angry with my mother for the rest of her life, you know, for leaving them. And it, and it was about, a, um, I think, less than a year that both of them had died. Uh, well, them after had you died. came to America, it was after about a year. Yeah. Yeah. Less, well, that less, must have been very yeah. hard for her. It was, it was terrible because it wasn't at a time when it was easy to fly back to Germany. You know, first of all, we couldn't afford it. And, and yeah. secondly, uh, just wasn't that accessible. Um, so she had a she had a hard time. I think there was also still um, German resentment, you know, uh, at the time. And um, she devoted her whole life basically to my father and to to us children. And then as we grew older, of course, it was harder for her. To find a life, and and again, I think 
generationally probably, and maybe from a European point of view, women didn't go to work, you know, and so she right, didn't yeah. career after she married. I think she felt she was very proud of my father and of us, but I think she always felt inferior. But she was extraordinarily smart and uh, and very gifted in, she made all of our clothes for the three girls, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think, I, and you know, both of them lived through two wars and the second world war for her was not easy, obviously, you know, trying yeah. to family. She had a hard time. I think she was also happy to be in the U.S. You know, I mean, yeah. she played a lot of tennis and had good friends and things. But did she ever talk about what the war was like? Because you know, she, that's I mean, something neither of them, neither of them did. I think, uh, and actually, my father at one point mentioned that when he was growing up. He remembers nobody talking about the First World War. It's just something that you want to put behind you. And I mean, the destruction was there. You know, when we came back from England, the, there's still so many buildings that were, were not rebuilt. So it wasn't as if we couldn't see the after effects of it. But, so. but if that contributed to their thought process about leaving, you know, being reminded of that kind of hard time to live through yeah. war and to still see all that destruction, I'm sure it was traumatic. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I suspect it was. But I think without the, the career opportunity, you know, that was really what was driving. And um, some of his colleagues had already immigrated to the U.S., so he already knew some people who had good experiences here, my father. Yeah. Um, did you ever go back to visit Germany as oh, yeah. a family? Yeah. Not as a family, no. Um, I went back during college the first time, and then I went back maybe two or three other times. And did Not you see often. family there? or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my most recent trip I did, actually, my father really wanted uh, his ashes taken to the town where he lived, which is where he had uh, three sisters and two brothers, so two brothers. One of them actually in 1925, he came through Ellis Island and went out, out west. And, and the three sons all left and the three women all stayed in that farm town so wow. every time he would go back he would he would be um, with them and and yeah so the last time I went I went with my sister and we took his ashes to and had a little um, ceremony there but there's something about family you know even though my language isn't that good anymore in terms of German there's something accepting about family no matter no matter yeah. what. And so it's, it, it's quite wonderful to go back. Thanks for tuning in to Ship History Radio. We hoped you enjoyed hearing about Bridget Bentley's memories of immigrating to the United States. Visit shiphistory.org ships to view more oral histories on the topic of immigration. 
This episode was produced by the Steamship Historical Society of America. Learn more about our organization at sshsa.org.